the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Common Good. My name is Aubrey Sampson alongside my co-host, Brian Fromm. And this is a very fun day because we are joined by some old friends of mine. John and Valerie Guerra of Pray Tell are with us to talk about Christmas music, to talk about difficulty in the holiday season, to talk about a concert that they have coming up in the Chicagoland area. So first of all, John and Valerie, thanks so much for being here with us today. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. Happy to be here. Yeah, so glad that you're here. Okay, let's just start basic getting to know the two of you. So if our listeners aren't familiar with your music, aren't familiar with Pray Tell, tell us a little bit about yourselves. Well, we're married. That's kind of the first thing to start with. <laughs> to each other, yeah. <laughs> Good to clarify that. We live, um, we live here in Austin, Texas, which is where we are this morning. And um, we have kind of two different musical arms that we um, that we release music under. So the first one is John's solo project, which just, he goes by his name, John Guerra. <laughs> and that's um, devotional music. So that's kind of year-round um, you know, Christian devotional contemplative music. Um, and then around Christmas, we kind of put on the duo hat and we become our duo name is pray tell. And we do, we do mostly Christmas music. We have a couple other songs that are non-holiday, but, um, we tour and we play music under, under pray tell at Christmas time. And it's, it's, I don't want to say it's my favorite time of year. Mm. That negates all the rest Would of you the say <laughs> It's the most wonderful time of the year, yes. One could say it's the most wonderful time of the year. I've heard, I've heard it said before. That's awesome. That's awesome. John, I would love to know, we want to spend most of the time talking to you guys about Christmas music and, and a yeah. concert coming up and everything else. But John, I do want to talk about devotional music and contemplative. How did you get into that? And describe that more for people. What, what are we talking sure. about? Well, um, Christian contemporary music is a genre, right? So it's kind of what you hear on Christian radio when you turn on the radio. Worship music is also a genre. It's what you hear maybe when you go to a large evangelical church on a Sunday morning or what you hear on the radio a lot. But but sort of I found that I was most comfortable sort of writing from a more um, psalm-like way. Mm. Um, so I've described it as less Sunday morning worship, more Monday morning prayer. Hmm. When you read the psalms, it's just um, a lot of them – it's the full gamut of human emotions. And a lot of them are just, it's a person being a person before God, just yeah. no frills, no pretense, just that. And I found that I, I'm most comfortable and I feel kind of a vocation towards writing modern or contemporary songs that are Christian towards God, but just in a very raw, honest way. Um, so that's kind of what I mean by devotional, mm -hmm. sort of like mm -hmm. it's, it's trying to capture this other uh, very real, very, um, Honestly, the majority of our Christian life happens in between Monday through Friday. Right. Know? And right. what is the music? What are the pains? What are the questions? What are the doubts? What are the fears, the wounds that happen in that chunk? And I try to write from and for that place. Hmm. Oh, I love that so much. 
Um, so Valerie, we want to obviously talk about Christmas music a bit because it's that time of year, like we were saying, talk to us about why Christmas music matters, I guess, especially for the Christian. Mm -hmm. That's a, that's a really good, that's a good question. Um, I think, first of all, if you listen to our Christmas music, you're going to hear a lot of just really fun, happy Christmas songs. And then you're going to hear maybe a third of our content, our Christmas music is, is actually more, it's, it's a mix of both sorrow and wonder. And mm. I think at Christmas and with the traditions that follow the Advent, you know, the, the maybe more um, kind of historical church calendar, mm -hmm. Advent is actually a season of looking at the past, present and the future and mm -hmm. looking at the past and seeing the sorrows that have happened in the past and the ways that God has provided in the past, looking at the present and seeing the sorrows that are continuing to happen and the ways that you don't know that God is providing yet, but you ho are hopeful and mm -hmm. have faith yeah. that he is. Yeah. And then looking to the future when you know it's that already not yet, you know that mm -hmm. God is that, that, you know, Jesus has, has come as a human and we know you know, we, we know the end of the story in some ways, but we're also waiting for it. And we're still yeah. in this earthly place. And, you know, Christmas celebrating when Jesus became a human, it's the most joining with us that, mm. that God has, that, that God did, you know, mm -hmm. he actually became a human. He knows what it's like to, he literally was tortured. He knows what it's like to yeah. suffer as a, as a human. Mm. And, and surely we're celebrating, you know, the, the joy of, of, of the sweetness of a baby and, and, you know, the resurrection and we, all of that's wrapped up, but there's also this sense of the people of Israel at the time that Christ was coming had been waiting for hundreds of years for yeah. this promised Messiah. They were in the middle of, a, um, they were, you know, they were being controlled by another country. They yeah. were, um, there was a lot of suffering happening at the time mm -hmm. when Jesus arrived. And I think we, we sometimes forget that. So even just the historic context, but, but our current lived experience tells us that, that Christmas is not just the wonder, it's the woundedness and the wonder yeah. all mixed mm. together. It's good. Oh, that's, that's so well put, Valerie. John, I'd love for you to unpack that from your perspective as well, because people could be listening and go, come on, it's the most wonderful time of the year. Joy to the world, right? Like <laughs> jingle bells. Like we just want happy at Christmas, but we know that's not what's going on in a lot of people's souls. So Valerie did a fabulous job at it. But from your perspective, why is that important to unpack those feelings, those emotions yeah. at Christmas? Well, I think... You know, that, that is a, a great point, and I agree that it is wonderful. It is happy. It is both the, you know, there's nothing like seeing uh, lights around a tree that just warms my heart. Yeah. But it's like the lights around the tree, and then you walk out the door, and it's like black slush of snow. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. physical, yeah. In the actual experience of going through the season, it's, it's the both and. And, um, you know, we've got a lot of friends who uh, don't like Christmas music for this reason, because they're like, well, it's too it's too cheery or it's too saccharine yeah. or it's too sentimental. Um, but again, I would remind my friends and the maybe um, questioning listener that that's who we are as people. Mm. Like the songs that you put on when you just really want to remember something about being in high school, it's cheesy. Those are terrible <laughs> songs. <laughs> or when you want to feel that thing when you were first falling in love, music has a way of capturing us as people yeah. underneath our intellect, kind of like our whole experience of living. Mm 
Mm-hmm. And there's kind of an emotional formation that happens to us um, just going like going through our lives. And I think it's it's important not to sort of annex away the religious musical emotional formation away from this kind of secular, if you will, or or kind of commonplace formation that happens. So like I love, you know, going to Starbucks or wherever and getting that drink and hearing that it's like whatever that experience is. Yeah. It's not super deep, but I love it. <laughs> yeah. It's very much, you know, I can go from that to then church and we're singing glory in the highest, you know, yeah. it's like, and this is just what life is. And so I think the year we, we annex away our experiences of life already, but Christmas is this time where we just, everything intermingles, you know, yeah. everything, the, the bright, the dark, the cheery, the sad. So what... um, musically we've wanted to do that both on our albums and in our concerts, we start really light. We start with some sing-alongs. We start with some jokey songs about Chicago <laughs> drivers that are cranky talking about hipsters with Christmas sweaters. And then we talk about um, wars and wondering if, if God mm. is on the side of whose side is God on when there's a war happening. It's yeah. like, it, it's kind of everything all wrapped up in one. So it's interesting to me that even that is a picture of the incarnation, right? Like there's mm-hmm. human and divine, 100%. uh, reconciled. I love that. Okay. So you, we're going to uh, continue chatting with you about music and especially about lament music in this time of year. But I do want to ask you, Valerie, what personally, what's some of your favorite Christmas songs to perform and what's one of your just favorite Christmas songs to listen to? Mm. Oh my goodness. Okay. Um, we have this mashup that we performed together that's one of the first christmas songs that we wrote together and it's it, i mean we didn't write either of the songs but we kind of <laughs> <talk about it. laughs> um it's i'll be home for christmas and mm. the way you look tonight and um it's just a really fun it's a really fun song to perform it is it it's a you know not a kind of christian uh sacred christmas song but it does obviously like all of the human experience, it hints at both the like longing and mm. the joy of, um, of love and of Christmas. And that's, that's, it's a really and that's special, kind of a special one. Cause that's that one we made a recording of, and then somebody sent it to somebody sent it to somebody sent it to Amy Grant oh, and no she way. Heard that song, that arrangement and was like, you guys should come open for us. And, come on. and so we opened for Amy Grant at Christmas with her husband, Vince Gill. And we thought, well, we, we should have something to sell. So we wrote a bunch of songs, recorded them. And then, so that, that's what kind of started the whole thing. Like, yeah, that's that, awesome. Is that true? That's, am- that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. I All right. When, oh, go when ahead, Amy Val. Grant tells you that you should do more Christmas music, you yeah. do. You should do, do more Christmas music. You say yes. You do not argue. It's like the angel Gabriel telling Zachariah they're having a baby. Like, you do not argue with Amy Grant. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or like Michael Jordan being like, I think you should, you should play basketball. There you go. Like, there yes, you go. We'll do whatever you say. All right. Two of you have a concert here in the Chicagoland area next week. Valerie, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, we're super excited to be back in Chicago. We lived there for about, what, 16 years before we moved down to Austin. So it feels like home still for us. Um, We will be playing at The Space in Evanston. And we have, um, it's Wednesday the 21st. There are two shows that night. The the later show is sold out. So the one that is still available for tickets is the 5 o'clock show. Um, full band, John and I will do some stuff by ourselves. Um, it's, it's going to be really fun. It's a special, it's a special show. 
I have to say, I've seen uh, John and Valerie's Christmas show, and it's amazing. Like you, you literally are like, okay, Christmas has arrived. Jesus is real. It's all good. So, so I would really encourage you, listeners, to grab tickets if you don't have any yet. Absolutely, and we, as you guys remember, the weather in Austin and Chicago in December are pretty much the same. So it's just packed <laughs> very similarly. Twin, twin cities, yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. John, let me ask you: uh, whether Christmas or any other time, I've always, I always love to hear worship leaders slash musicians. What's the difference for you when you're leading in a church or when you're doing a concert? Like, walk us through your mindset and how that's different. Um, well, it's a whole different canon of songs. So, um, especially if you're in a church that doesn't do hymns often, mm-hmm. suddenly Christmas hits and you're singing words like cradle and hay and manger. And it's like, there's a whole new vocabulary that gets introduced. Which Interesting. Um, the songs are a lot more, uh, musically rich. So not to get too music theory geeky on it, but there's a lot more chromatic chords in Christmas hmm. hymns. So there's chords that kind of have tension that usually isn't there for 11 months out of the year. So I love that. But the trick is, I think as a worship leader, these songs and these melodies can so easily um, turn into like, now I'm at a, either a department store or now I'm at a, mm-hmm. now I'm at a coffee shop that you really have to work a little extra hard to steer people to the, um, to kind of the, the meaning of it, the sacredness mm-hmm. of it, because um, the songs are so ubiquitous in our culture that they can be meaningless. So I think mm-hmm. the trick is to try to set up uh, people's expectation on a Sunday morning or, or set up people's hearts in a way that, that helps them understand the actual what's happening liturgically, like the actual theological, holy cow, this is a time and a moment that we're celebrating God's incarnation, you know, and there's mm-hmm. so much in that. That's such a uniquely yeah. Christian idea that God isn't up there, but God is now here and now yeah. permanently here. Mm-hmm. It's there's just so much in I mean it and then the the inverse of that is like the the human lived human experience. Well I don't feel like God is here all the time. Yeah. Like so I often start there like I asked people a question on Sunday morning, even just yesterday, uh, two days ago. What are you waiting for? Mm. You know, what do you, th- we're, we're now entering a season of waiting. Like, what is it you're waiting for? Is it something personal? Is it something large? Is it waiting for consolation? You're waiting for that kid to come home. Like, what is, what are you waiting for? That's actually what the season is meant to answer. Yeah. It's like the, the questions that our waiting introduces. Mm. I love that question. Valerie, you said something earlier that I thought was so beautiful talking about the the woundedness and the wonder of this season. And I'm thinking of our listeners who, you know, particularly in Advent, just feel some uh, either relational pain because of family drama, or maybe they're walking through difficulty or they're watching their loved ones suffer. I don't even know the question that I'm forming here, but how can the music that we listen to and the music that you two put out into the world kind of help us in the middle of those seasons of difficulty. Hmm. It would be the, <laughs> the biggest honor. I think if our music does help people hmm. through seasons of difficulty, that's something that I don't take lightly. And I, it would be, yeah, it would, it, that is the highest calling of music is to speak to the soul and to, um, to soothe the soul with, I, I would love to imagine that families coming together, the high and the low that that brings into the mix, um, that there is something, maybe the more 
joyful songs in the background playing to kind of facilitate a spirit of of warmth and mm-hmm. light lightness in the midst of you know people people gathering messy people gathering yep. <laughs> and then also some of the other songs I would love to you know I would hope that as people are getting calls from their doctor as people are remembering who isn't with them this year as people are you know, as, as human beings, these traditions, um, sadness, sadness comes at traditional time, you know, mm-hmm, it follows mm-hmm. traditions. And yeah. I would love to give people the permission to lament through our music and to, to be able to sit in that without feeling like they need to cover it up with the cozy. Yeah. Um, to be able to sit in that space. Well, that's again, so well put. And John, uh, kind of along the same lines, uh, the person out there listening right now who's just not doing well, they're like, I don't want to celebrate. I want to lock myself away at Christmas because I just don't want to deal with life. We know there's people in that spot. Uh, What's a word for them? What would you want to say to that person listening right now? I don't want to say you're not alone. (laughs) Corny as that might sound, God God is with you. You know, that's kind of that's kind of the point. And sometimes yeah. there's there's a poet that I really like named Christian Wyman who says sometimes God's presence comes in the form of God's felt absence. Yeah. And I think Christmas can be a time where we hide those experiences away. But that's that's the very opposite of what God was intending. He 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 was trying to get closer and in fact when nobody was watching, nobody was looking in the most unlikely place, God was born. Mm. And, and I think that is also true in us. Mm. You know, Christ, Christ is born in us in the most unlikely places, most unlikely ways, when we're not looking for it, when we're not even waiting for it, when maybe when we're even um, positioned against it, mm-hmm. um, God uh, mercifully and gently is is born in us yeah. and and that's what i would like to say to them okay we're gonna uh, take things kind of a quick right turn because we only have you for a few more minutes and i i want to kind of end here with a question that brian and i and <laughs> we debate here at the common good i will tell you brian is losing this debate but that <laughs> i am losing this debate by a lot <laughs> john and valerie might might sway people in a different direction we have a debate about whether or not people should clap at the end of a worship song um and so i say yes brian says no john and val <laughs> and i'm losing you're, you're musicians you're worship leaders you're followers of jesus what is the final definitive answer on this <laughs> Well, it's funny you asked this question because we were playing a concert a couple um, a couple weeks ago. We invited the crowd to not clap if they felt like not clapping. We invited them to not do that. Fine. We said our piece. We played the show. There was some clapping. There was some not clapping. Yeah. At the end of the concert, someone came up to us and said <laughs> in very gracious, in a very gracious way, like that was kind of awkward. actually, <laughs> <laughs> Because he said at the end of the song, people are listening. They're they're passive recipients of what you're doing. And at the end of the song, it's their moment to respond and to mm-hmm. be active. And they're mm-hmm. in- he said, we need that. 
Wow. Don't take that away from us. Wow. So I, I think we whether, felt chastened. Yeah, we felt chastened. We felt chastened. <laughs> As do I. <laughs> but the people have spoken. There you like go. Another point in the Aubrey call. I've been right I've been losing I've been losing this for a week now. I've been losing this. <laughs> oh man. Uh John and Val, it has been such a gift to have so you fun. with us today. Where can our listeners find you, find your music, follow all the things that you're putting out into the world? We have Three volumes of Christmas music. The first one is under John and Valerie Guerra, and the second two are under Pray Tell. So anywhere you listen to music, you can find, they are called It's Almost Christmas Volume 1. It's Almost Christmas Volume 2. It's Almost Christmas Volume 3. How creative of you guys. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) Very creative. John's music is also creatively under John Guerra. Nice. (laughs) Nice. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. You too. Thanks so much, guys. Thanks so much. You're listening to The Common Good on AM 1160. Hope for your life. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.